I am a watcher. Part of a secret society of men and women who observe and record, but never interfere. And with that introductory music, it's time to welcome back a Watcher's Chronicle. Hi, I'm your host, Cuthbert. I've been doing this for a little while, but I've been taking a bit of a break this summer, and you're probably wondering why. But before we get into that, let's kind of touch on once again who I am and what's going on here. I call myself Cuthbert because that's the name I have in the Renaissance Fair that I attend. Out there, of course, we all have our own unique names, and I've discovered I like this name by a little bit of anonymity. It's followed me in life through... It's a couple different areas, including karaoke, where you definitely don't want anybody to know your true name. You know, I'm an older guy in the mid-50s. I ride a Harley-Davidson. I sit there, and getting long hair, earrings, tattoos. I kind of have my own style as defined by others. The format of the show is basically, I've got some ideas, things I've noticed in the world. It's called The Watcher's Chronicle. The Watchers are based on the world of the Highlander, where the Watchers are a group who had discovered the Immortals, and instead of interfering with them, chose to document them, write them up, keep their records, and at the end of time, remember who these people were. In my own life, I'm a bit of a voyeur. I'm, I've done security at a small-time rent fair, so I'm one who does keep a watch on others. Yes, I, I, I notice what's happening around me, sometimes more than others, less than others also. It is what it is on that. But for me, so this becomes my own watcher's world, the things I've chronicled out. The format of the show is basically I'm going to have a couple of main topics. There's always going to be like what I'm going to call you know, the fitness center hijinks. Strange things you're going to see in the fitness center. Now, whenever I talk about a fitness center, the main thing to remember, if somebody's overweight and they're working out, they don't get made fun of. The only people that get made fun of are the people who are there to be seen. That cough leads us into something else. Why have I not been talking in so long? There may be some of you who are glad not to have heard me. There may be some of you who think, man, if you could ever get on iTunes, I'd listen to you. Well, that problem has been solved, and I am now available on iTunes. I am searchable out there, and I will be giving the address information in the comments below. And... I'll also make sure I give a quick little testimony for where on iTunes I can be found. The format is basically me chatting with you. I'll be talking about things that go on around my life. The Watcher's Chronicle describes those things that I see, things I've observed, whether it be in people, movies, books, radio stations, websites, hell, even social media. Why not? I can be found on several places. There's the Podbean Network, of course, and now available on iTunes. In the iTunes store, simply search for Watcher's Chronicle. The format of the show is basically finding some subjects to chat about. I've got a couple of main things I'll always go with. There's always going to be a small segment of I'm going to call them fitness center hijinks. The main thing here is I will never make fun of somebody who is overweight and in the fitness center working out trying to lose some pounds, get a little healthier. You don't make fun of somebody for that. The people I make fun of are the ones who are going to 
They're, well, they're the ones who are there to be seen. Or they have man buns, douche knots. Come on, guys. I don't care how hip you think you are. No, just please, no. Also, where did this come from? I was inspired by some guys who do podcasts for the actual television show Highlander. They are, first off, the Blood of Kings. We've got Kevin, and we've got Kyle, and, and we've got Norman out there doing these things. They bring together a weekly show, or however, as often as they need to, where they talk about different parts of the Highlander world. There's a Highlander Revisited, or Highland, I'm sorry, Highlander Rewatched. There's also Adrian Paul's podcast, which is called For the Peace Fund. The Peace Fund is his charity that he works with, and a lot of what he does in his daily life and his efforts around the world go to support that. If you want to find more about his charity, please go to www.thepeacefund.org. There's also a podcast at Peace Fund Radio, and find out more there. For charities, you know, this is one of the places I put my money. You know, Helping kids is a major thing. Other two places, I'm not going to lie, St. Jude's and also the American Cancer Society. But more on those another time. The basics here, let's go ahead and give that shout out back to the guys at Blood of Kings. I'm stumbling a bit, so I'm sorry. The guys at Blood of Kings have got a great banter back and forth. They interact with each other well. They produce a show talking about different views of different shows. If you're interested in hearing a podcast about the Highlander, whether it's the series or the movies, go find the Bloody Kings or the Highlander Rewatched podcast. Once again, the Podbean Network, Podbean Fandom Network, or on iTunes. I'm just trying to have a little fun here, kind of put a voice out there. My voice may be something you want to hear, something you don't want to hear, but your first probably thought is if you've heard my voice, you're going to think your voice doesn't sound right. That is part one of what I did my summer vacation. Last year, I started noticing my voice getting weak and getting scratchy a lot more often. I would lose it after just a single weekend outside, and I wasn't screaming. I wasn't over-drinking or doing too much of anything. Yet, I'd always have no voice at the end of the weekend. I kept thinking it was allergies. Well, it never made a difference. No matter what I did, no home remedy that I tried made a difference, and I finally gave up and went to the doctor. Yes, I'm one of those obstinate people that it takes a near miracle to get me to go into the doctor. So I went in feeling foolish as ever, and they sent me to the ear, nose, and throat specialist. And what we found, we ran a, a scope down the back of my head, back to the back of my throat to look at the vocal cords, where they determined there was some severe irritation going on. And they said, they decide this is probably either acid from what they call the invisible reflux or silent reflux. Basically, you have acid reflux, you just don't have all the heartburn that goes with it, or it just got burned from too much intake of acidic foods, and I have to lay off as many acidic foods as possible. First thing on that list, tomatoes. Half my life lives on acidic tomatoes, so trying to cut that back out. So what am I doing elsewise? A lot of ice water and some more hot tea. You'll hear it tonight as we go along. Part of the things you have to do, but that's just half of what I did this summer. The other half of what I did this summer has a lot more of a serious consequence for me. 
and a lot more wonder about how my future will go. You see, back when I had my physical in May, I've been having problems for a while. Always asking people to repeat themselves, hearing the ringing in my ears constantly. It's called tinnitus or tinnitus. And I figured this might lead to a hearing problem. So when I had my physical, I asked him to check my ears. He said, they're clean, no wax, no other problems, no infections. Send me to the ENT. As I'm walking in the door, the first thing I saw was audiology and hearing aids, which my, of course, my first thought was, uh, no, I'm only in my mid-50s. Well, my father and grandfather had them. They didn't have theirs till their late 60s, and it's like way too early for this to happen. I had a hearing appointment with an audiologist. They listened, They checked my ears you know, six ways from nothing, man. It was crazy, just the different things. They even had this one set up. Just, you just sit there, and it reads the signals sent in to the eardrums so it can pick up what's going on. After I finished the audiologist, they print out a report, went to see the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Now, what I expected to hear was that this ringing in my ears was leading to a problem with some hearing. They're going to give me some drops or some medication or something to help me clear up the ringing in my ears, and that would then help my hearing. Once again, things don't go the way we always want. What I discovered was this ringing in my ears, tinnitus, is a result of damaged eardrums, environment, disease, whatever. And I've had both. That could affect mine. And then they said those fateful words to me. Here is what a normal person's hearing is. Normal person. And here is your hearing. You are a candidate for hearing aids. Now, if that doesn't scare you, I mean, you think hearing aids, oh, come on, shouldn't scare you that bad. The truth is, I am losing my hearing. I don't know how fast, I don't know how much of it I will lose over my life, but I am losing it. And hearing aids are the next thing for me, so went back to work, very nervous. I took the long way in that day. And when I got to work, I checked with the HR department, started seeing what we had in the way of insurance benefits. My first thoughts, if we had a package, I could just wait until January, and I could get them then. That way I could save some money. Well, they told me we don't have a package. Great. Hearing aids are not cheap. And by not cheap, I mean thousands of dollars for for just one. The, ne the next day, I got a bit of relief. <coughs> the head of HR e emailed me back and said, if you have our vision plan, then we have a hearing plan as a writer on top of that, and you can use that. Gave me all the contact information. Started down that road with them, and I was able to work with the same office I'd already started with, which is a big help. And next thing you know, we're in there and picking out hearing aids. And I'm, the, first off, the insurance saved me some money. It, to tell you the truth, it saved me a couple thousand dollars, and they were still damn expensive. But but that's that's one thing, you see. Medical insurance and hearing. What the medical world has determined is that you can be stone deaf and live a healthy, productive life. Therefore, you can go deaf and they won't help you. They won't help with hearing aids. They won't help with hearing tests. They will simply let it happen and let you go out of pocket. You can use your, your, your funds you've been paying into for work, HSAs and FSAs, the flexible spending accounts, but you can't use medical insurance. 
just like for glasses. You can't use medical insurance for glasses. So this hearing program saved me a lot, and I'm very grateful to it. They fitted them for me, and they've got lots of levels. By the way, you can save a lot of money, and you can buy cheap hearing aids. And the truth is, that's what you get, is cheap hearing aids. They all have technology levels, and the more technology you buy, the higher the cost, and the better your hearing experience is going to be, even though it will never be what it originally was. I have been in hearing aids now since July, so we're coming on three months now. It's a very new life for me. I'm still getting used to it, but along the way, I've got a friend who's very deaf, and she welcomed me to the world of the deaf. And of course, my first thought, I'm not deaf, I'm just hard of hearing. And she talked to me and counseled me and helped me learn. And I've had to accept the fact that hard of hearing, the hearing awareness groups out there and hearing awareness day is all about me now. I'm in that group. <laughs> and I have started down the path of learning American Sign Language. American Sign Language is going to be fun. I'm learning finger spelling first. And by the way, no, the first thing you do not learn in sign language is curse words. You actually learn finger spelling off, right off the bat because of the way it all works. And I'm working my way through the courses on that. Once I have completed them and started towards my fluency, I'll actually be considered fluent in two languages. You see, American Sign Language is recognized as a language of its own. So I'll be fluent in English. Some people will not agree with that. And I'll be fluent in sign, the sign language, even though there's just as many dialects of that as there are English. It's a new world for me and a new path, and we'll just see how that goes. And in the months to come, I think I'll probably share some of this with you, frustrations and more. So that's my summer. that's my summer away trying to recover a voice which is still not back and discovering I'm losing my hearing. We'll see where both go. But it's time to move this on to the next thing to talk about. Let's go ahead and go to a lighter subject. Let's hit those hijinks that go on at the fitness center. Now, when you walk into the fitness center, you see a lot of people. There, It's all set up. You've got the machines up front. You've got the upstairs with your all the cardio equipment, the bikes and the treadmills and ellipticals and the back you've got all the free rates i got the free weights which i call the bro room the reason i call it the bro room is because that seems to be where the guys with the biggest gladiator style bodies seem to be hanging out and the bros they're a great group to watch they're a great group to make fun of one night i'm in their change of clothes we're getting ready to go and these two guys are talking and, of course, it starts off with, hey, bro, hey, bro, and just all that. And next thing you're talking, I hear the one guy talking, hey, bro, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, my shirt is getting so tight over my chest. I just, I can't, I can't figure out how that's what's happening here. And, of course, you're just trying to console them with the fact that, oh, gee, maybe you've lifted so many weights that you have to buy a bigger shirt now. Way to humble brag. But, yeah, you're going to find that. We've also got them. You'll find, you'll find them standing in front of a mirror, pulling up their shirt and taking pictures of their abs. What I want to know from the ladies, do the girls do this too? I've seen guys in there doing bodybuilder poses. 
taking pictures of that. So, yeah, all this no pictures in the bathroom, as long as the picture of abs, bodybuilder poses for the guys, it seems to be a go. Ladies, chime in. Let me know. Do the girls go take pictures of their workout post bodies as well? The other thing from the fitness center I'll hit tonight, the protein shake. The protein shake's a great way to help revitalize your body after a workout and really give the muscles the what's, what's needed to continue that muscle development. But what's really funny is you'll see a guy and they're doing his lifting. On the machines, free weights doesn't matter. And all of a sudden he gets to kind of a rough spot. And he's like, oh man, muscle fatigue is hit. And you see him stop. And then... He'll look down, grab that protein shake off the floor. It's sitting right next to him, half drunk. Then they look around the entire gym as if they're trying to see who all is looking at them. And they wait till they get at least somebody looking at them. They get that drink and they start just shaking it, goo, 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 as hard as they can, making all just for at least 30 seconds so everybody can hear that protein shake being shook up. Of course, nobody can hear it. We're all wearing earphones of some kind, so we don't have to hear the person next to us sweat. Finally, you'll see them, they'll take a few chugs off that protein drink, put it back down, wipe their face, hit those weights, and all of a sudden, huh, huh, and just they sit there, hit those next reps on their bed, because, oh my God, that protein shake was just like Popeye spinach, as it gave them the strength to get through it. Comment, we get it, you have something to drink, we're proud of you, you're done. <laughs> And that's with the gym for tonight. We'll go ahead and head on back in another time and see what's up with those crazy people next. Tonight, what I'd really like to talk about, I mentioned the Blood of Kings and the Highlander Rewatch. They've how they focus on the Highlander shows. Well, I'm a fan of not only those shows, but a very particular show. A show that started in 1959 to five seasons. It started with a man who is a World War II paratrooper and demolition specialist. He would have trouble with the, make sure I've got this right, it was defined as having trouble with insomnia due to combat-related flashbacks. He wrote 92 of the, of the series episodes while pulling other episodes from such authors as Ray Bradbury, H.G. Wells, H.P. Lovecraft, and more. You may know who I'm talking about now as we step through the door that leads to the land of imagination. Up ahead, the Twilight Zone. Why the Twilight Zone tonight? I've talked about it before. I talked about it on my first podcast and I really hit on my second podcast when I dealt with a couple programs, especially Time Enough at Last. On a recent Facebook post, I was looking for people who were fans of the series. And I simply said, I'd like to hear about your favorite episodes with one limitation. No Burgess Meredith and no Donna Douglas episodes. There was an outcry immediately. Why no Burgess Meredith? The truth is, Burgess only did about four, maybe five episodes. But there were such well-known episodes, especially Time Enough at Last. And The Obsolete Man, I'm sorry. The two episodes I'm thinking of are Time Enough at Last and The Obsolete Man. Iconic episodes, and he was such an actor and so well-known for these that I felt to know, be a true Twilight Zone fan, you had to know more than just five or six episodes, especially not these most well-known ones. And again, why Twilight Zone all of a sudden? Well, let's talk about the zone real fast. 
The original series ran from 1959 for five years. In 1983, we had the movie with four stories, three of which were replays from the original series. In 1985, they decided it's time to bring it back. And three seasons is how long this ran. In 2002, they tried again, one more time. It only lasted one season. That time, the narrator was Forrest Whitaker, I believe. They always tried to do an homage toward the previous one. Some of the series' original episodes were so fantastically well done, they could do no better. I mean, how do you sit there when you improve upon greatness? You take greatness and you present it again. This wasn't a green light of a series against saying, oh, let's reboot the old series. This was, let's take one story and redo it. And they would do that with a handful. And they're memorable as hell. But still, why the Twilight Zone tonight? Why the talk about Rod Serling, the man who came up with it, the man who narrated it, the man who smoked five packs of cigarettes a day and would die at the age of 50? The answer is because of Jordan Peele. The Twilight Zone was a show that was so much more than just a show of a great story with an unusual twist. That format's been carried in so many places on the radio shows of Suspense, Escape. But the Twilight Zone, especially with Rod Serling's episodes that he wrote, seemed to deal with particular themes. Themes of hopelessness, of hope, of revenge, of punishment for those of dealing with vice, greed, gluttony. They almost touched upon all of the seven deadly sins. But they all had a theme if you look at it. I'm just going to kind of name off a few titles real fast and just kind of give the theme behind it. Time enough at last. Let's see where we can put that one on. The little man who just wanted to read and didn't care about anybody else. I guess you would say the sin of just solitude. He didn't want to be social with anybody else. He didn't want to interact. The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, Paranoia, A Stop in Willoughby, Unable to Handle the Present, Eye of the Beholder, Donna Douglas again, Vanity, Being Able to Fit into a Society, 22, which was dealt with precognition. It's a Good Life, the young boy Anthony, who is a monster, sending things off to the cornfield. Hopelessness. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Courage, especially when nobody else believes you. One of my favorites is called The Masks, an elderly man dying who would make four members of his family wear these horrible, horrible, ugly masks. And they said, as long as you wore these until the moment of midnight, you inherit everything. And these greedy people wore these masks and would be faced by a horror they did never expect. Still, greed and punishment. The Twilight Zone started for me with two episodes. A stop in Willoughby, the man who couldn't handle the present stress of his job, his wife, his boss, 
the world got to them. And every day on the way home, he would fall asleep on the train, and he would dream of this little town called Willoughby, a town where people can go and have time to live their life, go fishing, to interact with each other and be peaceful and to be at rest. After several days of this same dream, he decides it's time to get off. He doesn't want to be in the real world anymore. And he gets off in Willoughby. The town greets him, and they greet him as an old friend. Back in the real world, he's lying dead on the ground outside the train. He just jumped off. As they pick up his body and load it up, the doors close, and the hearse reads Willoughby Brothers Funeral Home. That twist, a man who can't handle it. That one episode right there just said, what is this? Couldn't wait to see another one, and I did. And the next one I saw was called The After Hours, and it starred Anne Francis. This dealt with a lady who came back to return a, a thimble. It was the wrong one. A thimble at a department store? And... It's a very strange interaction with the sales lady. And when she goes back later to talk to the floor walker, she sees the sales lady. Only now she's a mannequin. The end result of all the things that happen with this is she realizes as it comes back that she is a mannequin. And she's part of a group that once a month, one mannequin is chosen to go out and live a life of normal people. They get to be a normal person for a month while all the, ma while all the remaining mannequins stay behind and by day are a community of living, breathing people, and by daytime are mannequins in the store. Two episodes when I was between 10 and 12 years old were enough to capture my imagination and know that I'd be hooked for life on this show. I currently own every Twilight Zone episode available, whether it's the original series, the, 2000, the, the 2002 series, 1985 series, even the 1983 movie, and I'm sure I will own the soon-to-be-coming Twilight Zone that's been run by Jordan Peele. You heard me right. Jordan Peele, the comic, the man who won Best Director for his breakout movie, Get Out, has been greenlit to bring back the Twilight Zone again. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do this time. How will he run it? How will he give homage to the original? Will he reuse the old shows again, the old scripts, and bring them up fresh? Will he find new authors writing new stories? What will happen and how will it go? Will it just be a show with an unusual twist at the end? Or will it have some of these themes of the original Twilight Zone? It's going to be exciting to find out what happens. And I hope that people out there are going to be interested in it and watching this with me and carrying on and carrying on a conversation with me about it. During the future, I'm going to talk to the guys from Blood of Kings and see if I can learn how to set up a, a second connection so I can actually have a conversation with somebody. And maybe along the way, we can work something out and find somebody else who'd like to have a point-counterpoint on talking about the Twilight Zone episodes with me. I don't think there's anything else to chat about on this Twilight Zone. I really don't think so. Uh, there's more about Rod Sterling, but we can cover that in future times. Then again, of course, you can find out all of it by simply going to the Internet Movie Database. Over the next couple of months, I've got an idea on something to add to the show, and I'd kind of like to get your thoughts on it. So listen to what I've got to say 
and respond in the comments below. 75 years ago is World War II. In 1943, the war was going on hard. We were having fighting a losing battle in the skies, and the guys and the bombers were getting shot down, and a new bomb group was activated, the 390th Bomb Group Heavy. You're wondering how I know about this particular group? It's because my uncle was in it. And his first mission was the bomb group's ninth. My uncle was a bombardier, which means in that B-17F, he sat right up in that nose cone. He had some experiences out there that are unbelievable. And if I told you about him, you may not believe me. And I'd like to. Two years ago, for the 73rd anniversary, I decided I was going to do something new. I decided that I wanted to share with all my friends what the life of a 1943 bombardier was like. At the time, my uncle was in his early 20s. Can you imagine being just 22 years old, climbing into an airplane, flying for several hours, dropping bombs on factories, submarine yards, troops, dams, whatever to save your country and having to fight your way in and fight your way out losing friends packing up their belongings to send home and never knowing if when your time came if you were going to pack up your belongings or somebody else would pack them up for you two years ago I took journals that my uncle had made notes whatever else in diaries and I recreated the life of a World War II bombardier, and I did a pseudo-journal. From his point of view, each journal was done after the mission. I did it 73 years to the day. So when the mission occurred on October 9, 1943, I did the write-up on October 9, 19, sorry, 2016. I had people who were like confused at first when they talked they talked about it more for what was going on. The end result surprised me though. I had friends who were really interested. I had people who wanted to share my their stories with their classrooms so children in the classroom could understand what was going on during that time frame. They talked about World War II, a way to make it more personal. And hang on. The tea I'm drinking is the only way I can get through this. But the thing is, I got to understand who my uncle was a bit better. The stories my mother had told me, the other things that I knew about him, what little I knew about him. And I got a much better idea of who my uncle was. And I guess I'm telling you this because it's now been 75 years. I could start up this next week, and I'd like to hear from you. In the comments, would you like to hear me recreate those those journals online? Not in written form, but go ahead and actually call, to read them out to you. To try to get his emotions, what was going on in his head those days. The goal back then was to fly 25 missions you could come home. But it was statistically impossible to fly 25 missions. 
and you're going to have to wait and find out how many missions he actually made. Let me know in the comments down below, and if you want to hear about him, I'll start doing it. If you don't, we'll find other things. But for me, that's going to wrap it up tonight. I've had to do this a second time. The first time, I was talking way too fast, and having a bad throat didn't help, so I've had to try again. <laughs> I, I do all the recording myself, I do all the mixing myself and editing myself, so if there's something you don't like, if it's an editing you don't like, or anything else, I'm the one you blame, and please tell me how you didn't like it. If you liked it, please let me know, give me the thumbs up, however else. Future episodes, I'm going to be talking more about The Twilight Zone. With Jordan Peele doing the new series, I'm very excited about it, and i like to touch a little more in depth on several of the episodes. I'd also like to touch on movies that I've seen. There's several new ones coming out. Television shows. Uh, that could be that could be past or present. Huge fan of the show MASH. And fans of you know, like the Sons of Anarchy, the Mayans Club, even The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. I've got a very eclectic taste in everything that I watch. And also books. Avid Stephen King fan. There's new things coming out, including working on the movie for Dr. Sleep, including working on the movie Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. Now, before you worry too much about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Stephen King hated that one. Fortunately, Dr. Sleep does work as a standalone, but knowing The Shining will make it that much better. What it will be about, young Danny Torrance is now going to be grown up and he'll be fighting his own alcoholism he'll be fighting his own demons in this world and having to find his way in life he will be dealing with a new group of people who are out to collect the life force of those who basically have a bit of shine about them we'll talk more about the shining itself and other books that I've read, would like to read, anything else. If there's anything else the people of you that listen to me would like to hear me talk about, <coughs> please let me know. If you've got questions about hearing, there are several websites out there. If you have got constant ringing in your ears, go see your doctor. Go to that ear, nose, and throat doctor. You may need hearing aids too. And... This ring in my ears I'll have for the rest of my life. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. But with the hearing aids, at least I can hear the people around me a lot better. So I'll just take what I've got. Until next time, hope you guys are having a great time out there. Watch the weather. Always keep remembering, no matter where you go, what's going on, there's somebody like me watching. Thank you. Have a nice night. Started out as blue.